بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ونسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما الحمد للہ ٹو نائٹ از دا فورٹینتھ آف مارچ ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ of good and bad, and that is the heart of the believer. And then I mentioned that Imam Ghazali said that the key to keeping shaitan at bay is the dhikr of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let us now turn to some of the blessed dhikr themselves. In Behaqi in Shu'ab al-Iman, number 8649, Tanzul Umal, number 45,332. Abdullah ibn Abbas Teach your children firstly La ilaha illallah And at the time of death encourage the recital of La ilaha illallah For a person whose first and last statement was La ilaha illallah Even if he lived a thousand years He will not be questioned regarding any sin Subhanallah So, the great dhikr is, of course, La ilaha illallah. There is no God worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And just two times, now think about that. Technically, you know, hypothetically, a person only says it two times. When he's a child and when he dies. What virtue has he acquired? Even if he lived a thousand years, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, By virtue of those two testifications, he will not be questioned regarding any sin. So, it's incomparable, right? So, obviously, it doesn't mean just do it twice. But at the same time, you get to value this great and glorious vikr. In another report, adding details, in Abu Ya'la, in his Musnad, Al-Haytami, in Majma' Az-Zawai'i, 2-323, Imam Ghazali, in his Ihya, in the chapter on invocations and supplications, Page 13 of the New English Translation. Abu Harir radiyallahu anhu relates. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once said to me, Ya Abu Harir radiyallahu prompt the dead to say La ilaha illallah for it utterly destroys sins. I asked, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if this happens with the dead, those on the verge of death, then what is the result of the living uttering this. The Prophet ﷺ said, it is more effective. It is more effective. Oh, Abu Hurairah. <laughs> so simply put, if you utter La ilaha illallah and you die, the Prophet ﷺ said to Abu Hurairah, it utterly destroys sins. Going back to the previous report, you're not going to be questioned about them. It's gone. So Abu Huraira being the intelligent man he was, he was thinking this is a person who's to leave the world. If a healthy person says it, maybe it's not as effective. <laughs> Now what did the Prophet Islam say? If he had said it is exactly the same, that would have been mind-boggling. Because that means it utterly destroys sins. But he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it is more effective. It is more effective. So what is more effective than utterly destroying sins? But the Prophet said it because when you are healthy and you're uttering this, you don't realize 
what impact is having it is more effective than obliterating your sins if you say it once subhanallah in an authentic report in imam ahmad's musnad sahih hakim sahih zahabi sahih abu dhar was instructed radiyallahu sorry abu dhar asked goes ya rasulullah is la ilaha illallah a good deed The Prophet said, it is the best of deeds, O Abu Dhar. So what's the context here? The Prophet was saying to the companions, when you commit a sin, quickly follow it up with a good deed. It will obliterate the sin. So Abu Dhar, again very intelligent, he was thinking, La ilaha illallah. So he asked, is that a good deed? So the Prophet said, it's the best of deeds. So what was he really saying? He was really saying, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there is nothing greater for you to do to eradicate sin than to say La ilaha illallah after the sin. Well, did he say that? No. <laughs> What he said was, it is the best of deeds. And he smiled at Abu Dhar, saying, very good, very intelligent. <laughs> so now, does that mean that you just go daft with sins? <laughs> at the end of it, you go La ilaha illallah. <laughs> the answer is, you still say it, no problem. <laughs> But you value this zikr. You're thinking, look how powerful this zikr is. Shaitan will strive his utmost to belittle this. In fact, there's a report. What did Shaitan himself say? Shaitan says, the children of Adam frustrate me by la ilaha illallah. Now, what did he mean by that? Because I'm making all this effort. God knows what sins you know a person commits. And he just says, because he's frustrating me. Then what does shaitan do? The hadith says, I get him involved in innovations. And when he innovates, he will not repent. That's interesting. La ilaha illallah. Why? Because back of your mind, you know you've done something wrong. You committed a sin. You've acknowledged it. So you follow it up with a good deed. When you innovate, what's going through your heart? If you haven't got understanding, you think you're getting a good deed. So is anything happening inwardly saying, Ya Allah, forgive me? No. So shaitan is unhappy with that. And that's why innovations, you have to be very careful of them. People you know, start arguing good and bad, say, brother, there's no sun to get into my life before we start discussing innovations. And also there's a fascinating hadith in Abu Ya'la, Sayyid, the Prophet wasallam said, Say La ilaha illallah before between you and it comes a barrier. That's the hadith. So what does that mean? He's telling you very eloquently, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, keep saying it before you drop dead. Then it's too late. Shaykh Suhaib al-Maliki, one of the shaykhs of Allah, he said, there are people who live a hundred years and not once have they said, la ilaha illallah. Think about that. Something to really reflect upon. Isn't that, that the case? Hundred years old, imagine one of you come out of your mouth, you must have said it, right? No. Father, Son and Holy Ghost, right? Krishna, Krishna, you know, Hari, Hari, Krishna, right? Now, once have they said it? So, what the Shaykh was saying was, you should do shukr. Allah Ta'ala has given you the tawfiq, not to say it once, but thousands if not millions of times. Our beloved messenger also said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, If a servant says Alhamdulillah 
This will fill up the space between the first heaven and the earth. If he says Alhamdulillah a second time, it will fill up the space between the seventh heaven and the lowest earth. If he says Alhamdulillah a third time, Allah Ta'ala says ask, I will now give you. This is recorded by Imam Ghazali in his Ihya in the chapter on invocations and supplications, page 17 to 18 of the New English Translation. Another dhikr. Alhamdulillah. All praise is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So again, no shaitan. What is he put into your head? Everybody says this. Nothing special. Don't listen to him. You say it once, you filled up the universe, the Prophet said. What with? Allah ta'ala knows. You say it twice, you filled up the seven universes. You say it the third time, Allah ta'ala then says, ask me, I'm not going to give you. So what really is being instructed here. When you're making a du'a, <coughs> before you make du'a, what should you say three times? <laughs> Alhamdulillah. 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 Then you start asking. So Lord, the Prophet is telling you how to use these zikrs. This shouldn't come as a surprise. Why? Sayyidina Anas relates that our beloved messenger said, there is no blessing which Allah the Almighty bestows upon his servant. For which he says, Alhamdulillah, except that which he gave, he said in thanks, is better than what, what he took, i.e. the blessing. This is in Ibn Imajah, number 3805, Ad-Dur Al-Mantur, volume 1, page 34, Hassan, Shaykh Al-Bani, Rahmatullah, says Hassan, in Sahih Sunan Ibn Imajah, number 3067, and Sahih Al-Tarheem, number 1573. So let's give you a few examples so you understand Think of blessings. Start with the small blessings. So he goes, I've got clothes. Alhamdulillah. The Prophet said, it's greater than your clothes. Let's go a bit higher up. So when he goes, okay. Health. That's not a bit higher up. but So he goes, mashallah, alhamdulillah, I've got health. That's greater than your health. A person goes, go higher up. My family. He goes, Alhamdulillah, is greater than your family. He goes, go higher up. He goes, Iman. Alhamdulillah, is greater than Iman. When you put it like this, you realize the penny drops. There is nothing which can match Alhamdulillah. It's greater than anything Allah gives you. Why? Because nothing is equal to Allah. Now think about that. What does shaitan say? He goes, that can't be that easy. He goes, you've been given such a great blessing and Alhamdulillah is greater than it. The shaitan belittling this zikr. So health, wealth, family, dwelling, transport, sustenance, clothing, knowledge, endless. One Alhamdulillah is greater than all that put together. <laughs> One Alhamdulillah is greater than all that put together. It is no wonder that in Sahih Muslim number 432, Abu Musa radiallahu relates that our beloved messenger said, Alhamdulillah fills the scales. Alhamdulillah fills the scales. Somebody goes, mashallah. No, 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 mashallah. What scales? He goes, the scales. He goes, so what scales am I talking about? He goes, the great scales. He goes, the great scales, mashallah. What are these great scales? If you don't know what the scales are, 
Can you appreciate this hadith? No. You need to know what the scales are. Somebody goes, okay, tell me something about the scales. Everything can fit into it. So a person goes, what do you mean everything? The whole universe can fit into the scales. Jibreel leaning against it. It is something which is an extraordinary creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now think about that. I've just said it. Can you think of this solar system being put in a scale? Forget about the universe, because that's beyond our comprehension. Imagine you look at the solar system, the sun, the Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Flana Tingla, then Pluto, which they've now denied being a planet. That's just like an atom inside the scale. How huge is the scale? Somebody goes, billions of galaxies fit in the scale. Billions of Milky Ways fit in the scale. Somebody goes, subhanAllah. Now go back to the Hadith, brother. Alhamdulillah, fills the scales. No, he woke up now, mashallah. Right? Because how does Alhamdulillah fill the scales? Because you don't appreciate it. The Prophet is telling you of a deed that fills the scales. So you don't need to be a scholar to work out how heavy is Alhamdulillah. If it fills the scales, brother, you know, you're asking questions how heavy it is. It's not going to be like a feather, is it? So how easily can you fill the scales? Alhamdulillah. Similarly, Jabr radiyallahu relates that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa the most excellent dhikr is la ilaha illallah and the most excellent dua is alhamdulillah. Something else now. This is in Tirmidhi, number 3623, Ibn Imajah, number 3800, Hakim in his Mustadrak, number 1834, Sahih, Zahabi Sahih, Ibn Hiban, number 846, Sahih, Sharh Sunnah, number 1269, Shaykh Al-Bani, states Hassan in Sahih, at Tirmidhi, number 2694. So the most excellent dhikr, La ilaha illallah. Then what did the Prophet say? The most excellent dua is Alhamdulillah. A person goes, how is that a dua? <laughs> if you say in English, all praise is for Allah, is that a dua? <laughs> so, how do we explain this? We're not asking for anything. So how is it the best dua? So the scholars, they say, is because you've thanked the most beautiful and most excellent way for any favor that Allah has given to you. So when you're asking, what are you asking for? The blessings. So somebody goes to you, okay, make, brother, what do are you making? I'm asking for paradise. Inshallah. Anything else? I'm asking that Allah Ta'ala protects me from the fire. That's two. Anything else? I'm asking that Allah Ta'ala makes the bridge of Sinan easy for me. That's three. Anything else? Make the day driven easy for me. Mashallah, grave. Mashallah. Anything else? Alhamdulillah is greater than it. Because whatever you ask for, what is greater? Mm. Alhamdulillah. So the Prophet said, it's the best dua. Mm. Meaning, it's the crowning glory of the dua. Mm. You praise your Lord first. You send salat upon the Prophet and his family. And then you make dua. Mm. These are the conditions the Prophet said. What's the first condition? You praise. What's the best way to praise? Alhamdulillah. Mm. Also, in Deir Lami, in his Musnad al-Firdos, 3-474, Imam Ghazali, in his Ihya, in the chapter on invocations and supplications, page 17 of the New English Translation, a man came to the Rasulullah and he said, The world has turned away from me. My wealth has been reduced, Ya Rasulullah. 
meaning I've been hit financially. The Prophet said, how far are you from the dhikr of the angels and the praise of creatures on account of which they are supported by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Sahaba asked, Ya Rasulullah, what is that dhikr? The Prophet said, say, Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, Subhanallah al-Azimi astaghfirullah. Glorified and free from all imperfection is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and praise be to him. Glorified and free from all imperfection is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the incompatibly great. I seek the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet then said, from the beginning of the dawn until you perform the fajr, namely utter the zikr at fajr, then the world will come back to you obedient and despised. Allah the Almighty will create from each word an angel who will then praise him with the dhikr subhanallah until the day of resurrection and you will receive its reward. So, right? so the first bit straightforward that we all fond of mourning about dunya, cost of living, right? So he goes, okay, this was all news happened in the time of the Sahaba. So the Prophet ﷺ, what did he say? He goes, how far are you from the dhikr of the angels? Meaning they do it. And the prayers of creatures, they do it. On account of which they are helped. So this zikr, he goes, the angels and the creation do it to get help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Sahaba eagerly asked, what is it, Ya Rasulullah? The Prophet said, you have to even learn it, you know it. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanallah al-azimi astaghfirullah. When do you say it? Fajr. How many times do you say it? Once. And what happens? The world will become like, you know, like that dog, subservient to you. Then what did the Prophet say? Every word you uttered from that zikr changes to an angel. And an angel starts doing subhanallah until qiyamat. And all of the subhanallahs the angels do till qiyamat from those letters, you get the reward. So a person goes, where is this recorded? They let me in his Musnad al-Firdos, Imam Ghazali in his Ihya. Too good to be true. No, it's not too good to be true. You know, you need to understand the, the value of zikr. So now what's, what's interesting? Was he asking for rewards? No. He was asking for help. And the Prophet, you know, you get a confused look. He goes, what's the matter with you? Don't you know that zikr? You know, everybody should know this. And the tragedy now is, do you know it? <laughs> Right? Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanallah al-azimi, astaghfirullah. You say it at fajr. Just add it to your list of zikrs at fajr. Say it a couple of times. You know, just do it once. And what happens? You get what Allah Ta'ala wants to give you. And every letter you utter changes to an angel, starts doing subhanallah till qiyamah, you get the reward. So I don't know many zikrs that equal this. And don't forget, you'll drop dead. People have said this because they're in the grave now. But truck lords are still coming in, good deeds, because the angels are still alive. So imagine that Sahaba said it, he's, he's in his grave now. How many years has he been in his grave? He's 1,350 years, give or take, right? So he's been in his grave, so he's dead, 1,350 years, yes. Has that zikr stopped going into his account? He goes, no. Why? Because Kiamat doesn't stroke. Don't you, you know, like we said, don't you think he's doing the proverbial moonwalk now? 
سبحان اللہ و بحمد ہی سبحان اللہ العظیم استخفر اللہ تو گڈ ٹو بی ٹرو اور اگین یو نو ڈو وی نو دس ان ایڈیشن وتھ ریگارڈز ٹو سیکیورنگ یور پرائس لیس بلیسنگز اقبا ابن عامر رضی اللہ عنہ لیس طلب لوبت میسنج سیٹ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم who ever has been granted a blessing by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he wants to prolong that blessing he should recite in abundance la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah this is in tabarani in his kabir volume 17 page 311 so let's explain this you got a blessing and you're you're scared it's going to come to an end so a person goes give me example parents right he goes yeah that's true Unfortunately, we don't have to give examples to you understand, right? So your parents, you know, your father, your mother's getting on and you're thinking, look, they're ill now. They're on suitcase of medicines. I want them to live and also, you know, so I can get some more blessings. So instead of thinking about it, getting depressed over it, think of your parents and keep saying this zikr. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. La hawla wa la quwata. Thinking of them. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Allah ta'ala will prolong that blessing. So instead of maybe one year you got with your parents, Allah, Allah goes, give him another 10 years because he's doing that zikr. So this zikr is done with you focusing on that blessing. Have you understood? Right? So it could be anything. I'm thinking of parents, but you could think of something that you're scared that you might lose. So for instance, you might be blessed in your, in your worldly affairs, your business. And you're thinking, something could happen. So you start thinking of your business and you start saying, La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. In abundance, the Prophet said, not just one or two times. That will prolong that blessing that Allah will give you. Or you see yourself. You're thinking, you know, my age people, they usually have a lot of problems. I haven't got any problems. You think of yourself. Protection. It protects the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And with regards to the purification of your sins, Our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if a person says, Subhanaka zalamtu nafsi wa amiltu su'an faghfil li fa'innahu la yaghfilu dhunuba illa ant. Glorified and free from all imperfection be you. I have wronged myself and committed sin. Forgive me. No one forgives sins except you. Then his sins are forgiven. Even if they are as numerous as the tracks of ants. even if they are as numerous as the tracts of ants. This is in Behaki, Imam Ghazali in his Ihya in the chapter on Invocations and Supplications, page 59 of the New English Translation. So now, how many ants are there? You're asking tough questions now, isn't it? I don't know, isn't it? So it's 7 billion humans. So how many ants? Say about 700 billion. Okay, I'll take your word for it. 700 billion. How many tracts have they made? Oh, you're asking, right? He goes, what do you mean tracks? You know what I'm saying? You know, what track? What do you mean tracks? Allah Ta'ala knows. He goes, what times that by about another thousand? So he goes, okay, now we're talking trillions, trillions. If you had committed that many sins, trillions, and you made this zikr once, Subhanaka zalamtu nafsi wa amiltu su'an faghfilli fa innahu la yaghfilu dhunuba illa ant. Forgive me. The Prophet's giving you the gifts. Now what's interesting? There's people the world over and they're getting the gifts for dunya. So what do I mean by that? They're working out how to make money. 
right? They'll go on courses, how to become a millionaire, how to become rich beyond your wildest imagination. You see people, nothing wrong with that, as long as you've got Iman. And they're willing to make all that effort. And you notice it takes effort to make money. <laughs> Nobody's going to sit back and say, look, I've made millions. Have you made millions? I slept all day. <laughs> right? He's going to do something. But then there's the spiritual billionaires. <laughs> and they're finding out ways to get the spiritual billions, the intelligent ones. Which one would you want to be? And here you go. The Prophet is giving you the spiritual billions. So note whether it's seeking forgiveness of your sins, whether it's protecting the blessings Allah Ta'ala has given you, whether it's asking Allah the Almighty and Glorious, it's all bound around the dhikr of Almighty Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. SubhanAllah. So all I mentioned today was basically a few blessed reports with regards to the priceless dhikrs. And I deliberately mentioned the dhikrs that you all know. Because sometimes you hear a talk and the shaykh goes on with, you know, five-page zikr, and you think, well, it's beautiful, reward, but how am I going to learn that? So I have done it deliberately, so you're not going to say, well, Brother Yusuf mentioned some zikrs, and I can't remember it. But la ilaha illallah, alhamdulillah, subhanallah bihamdihi, subhanallah al-azimi, astaghfirullah. If you can't remember that, you might as well, you know, put your proverbial bags in it, mashallah. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanallah <laughs>